Shavuotov, today we'll be studying the third chapter of Hilchot Paraduma. This chapter is going to deal with the process of burning the Paraduma. Perek Shelishi Halacha Aleph En Surfinet Para Illa Harabait. The Paraduma is only burned outside of Harabait. Chinne Emar is the Pasuk in Perek Bamidbar, in Sefer Bamidbar, Perek Yotet speaks of Paraduma. Says the following Yehosi Ota El Mihutz La Mahane that the the, the the para should be taken outside the camp. And if you recall, when these laws were being given to the Jewish people, the Jewish people were in the Midbar, and they were encamping in the Midbar. And so the the para should have been taken outside of Mahane Leviyah. In a lot of ways, Harabait is parallel to uh, Mahane Leviyah, the, the camp uh, that Shevet Levi was, the, where Shevet Levi was encamped. And so the para, when they would, when, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe these, uh, these misvot, um, the Torah says, The parah has to be taken outside of the camp, implying, obviously, for when the Beit HaMikdash was built, that it should be taken outside of Harabait. And the parah aduma was burned on Harabishha, also known as Har Hazetim. There was a ramp that that was made from Harabait to Harazetim. And under uh, the ramp, there were arches upon arches that were, were built under uh, under the Kevish, under the ramp. And there was, there was an arch, one arch above two arches. In order for the edge of the top arch to be in the middle of the two of the two arches to make sort of an ohel, a total ohel, to make a bunch of ohalim under the kevish so that there wouldn't be tum'ah um, going up. In order um, so that there would be empty space under the ramp um, because we, just in case there's a kevir under and uh, the, the arches under the ramp would essentially create um, a bunch of little ohalim and uh, if there was tumah under it, it would not, um, the, the, the top of the kevish would not become tameh. Also, where the kohen would burn the, would burn the para, and where the kohen would dip in the mikveh in order to become tahor, which were both on Harazetim, under them was also empty space. It was also halul, halul because we are uh, we were concerned about kever at home that may be under. And the para, and the person who is burning the para, and anyone who's assisting in the uh, process of burning the para duma, exit Harabait and go to Haramishha, Harazetim on this ramp. So how exactly do we go about burning the paraduma? The elders, the hachamim of Am Yisrael would go first and walk onto the ramp to Harazetim. There was a bit of tevila, there was a mikveh that was there on Harazetim. And the kohen and everyone who is assisting in the burning of the paraduma would go onto the kevish and 
arrive to Harazetim, umtame'in et hakohen, and then they would make the kohen tame'. As as we mentioned in the previous chapters, to show that we don't need harav shemesh for to uh, we don't need harav shemesh in order for the to offer the paraduma as the tzedukim claimed. We purposely make the uh, make the kohen tame'. But we don't do it obviously with tumat met. We do it with a with a lighter type of tumah. For example, tumat sheretz, as we mentioned in perek aleph halacha yod dalid. And the elders place their hands on the head of the kohen. lo tevol achat, and they tell the kohen, go and dip once. And if the, it was the kohen gadol who was burning the paraduma, they would say, sir kohen gadol. Go and dip into the mikveh. Yarad v'taval alav nisapag. The kohen then goes, dips, uh, goes up from the mikveh, and then dries himself. Ve'etzim misudarim ayusham. And there was wood arranged there. Ase arazim oranim uvroshim. There were cedar, there was cedar wood, pine wood, and cypress wood. Ve'ase te'ena halaka. And there were smooth fig woods, fig wood there as well. Ve'osin ma'aracha kemin migdal. And there was an arrangement of wood. That's ma'aracha, like in the shape of a tower. Umfatihin ba halonot. And they would make sort of windows the way that they would build it. So imagine they would have a bunch of 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 um, of logs of wood placed horizontally, and then on top of them. You had a layer that was vert that was vertical, then on top of them horizontal, then on top of them vertical, and there would be empty space in between each uh, in between each of the la- each layer of um, of the logs of wood. In order for the so the fire um, would flame inside them, because if the entire um, tower of wood was all closed. No oxygen would be able to penetrate, and it wouldn't burn. However, because of these little windows, oxygen would be able to come inside, and it would cause the uh, the fire to spread and really engulf all of the wood. And the front of the ma'aracha was facing west. Harazetim is east of Harabait, so by the ma'aracha facing west, it would also be facing um, the center. Uh, of the Beit Hamikdash would be facing Kodesh Hakodeshim in the west. Vechoftin et hapara behevel shelem magag, and the para is tied with with a type of rubber rope. The reason why we use rubber is because rubber does not contract tumah. It was a type of rub, rubber. Uh, made out of some sort of plant, and then the para is placed on top of the ma'aracha. Its head was facing south, and the no, its head was towards the south, and the para itself was facing the ma'arav towards the west, which is the same the same way that the para would the, that the par. Uh, that was sacrificed on Yom Kippurim would be placed as well, and I don't know if you anyone if anyone is listening has noticed, but there are a few parallels between the Avodah of Paraduma, uh, sorry, the Avodah on Yom Kippurim and the Paraduma. Think about that for think about that. If there are any other parallels as we go along these chapters, 
um, between these two processes. And the Kohen is standing in the east and he is facing the west. He slaughters the para with his right hand and receives the blood in his left hand. And the Kohen then sprinkles with his right finger from the blood that is in the palm of his left hand seven times towards each time he sprinkles the blood, he would need to dip his finger into the blood. And the blood that is left over um, after he sprinkles is um, is pasul for sprinkling after this. Therefore, after every hazaya, the Kohen needs to wipe his finger on the body of the para so that there's no leftover blood. Gamar if once he finishes sprinkling the blood seven times, et yadav He then needs to wipe his hands on the body of the para and then he um, descends from the from the tower of the etzim of the ma'aracha and then he ignites the uh, the ma'aracha with small twigs. And then he places the small twigs under the under the the wood of the ma'aracha. And the and the ma'aracha would begin to burn. And the kohen stands from a distance, making sure that the fire um, uh, spreads to the entire ma'aracha until the fire spreads to 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 most of the para and the stomach of the para. Um, tears and opens up in the ma'aracha. And after that, the Kohen takes a branch of cedar wood, that's its erez, ve'ezov is hisap, and pahut mitefah, and both have to be at least a tefah long, and wool that is dyed the colors of crimson, that weighs five selaim, Five selaim is about 85 grams. And then the Kohen says to those who are who are assisting him and who are present um, who are present as well. The Kohen asks three times. He says, if if uh, if this is Ezov, if this is Erez, and if this is Shani Tola'at, three times each. Vehem Omrim Lo Hen 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 And those who are uh, who are with him, the Zekenim, and those who are assisting him, they and they reply affirmatively uh, three times for each um, for each time that he asks. Vechol Kach Laman. Why does the Kohen need to ask? Uh, and confer and to conf- and confirm it. And why does he need to go about confirming? Um, that the etz eres is in fact an etz eres, the ezov is really an ezov, and the shani tolat is in fact a shani tolat. The fishim mine arazim shivahen because the fact is is that that there are seven types of arazim umine ezov arba'a, and there are four types of ezov. The savua adom yesh shesov imoto befuav yesh shesov imoto belakav yesh shesov imoto betolat. The tolat he had gargerim adumim beyoter hadomim the garine haharuvin. And they are um, and there are different ways to dye uh, wool red. There, there some you can you can dye it with fu'a, 
and uh, laka. Both of these are different plants that were used to color wool red. And the other way that we need for para aduma is that the wool is colored uh, with, was dyed with tolat. Tolat are um, are 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 very red seeds. That uh, very red. Um, yes, they're very red seeds that are similar to carob seeds. Vehen kemo haog tolat kemo yatush yesh bechol gargir mehen, and it's similar to some to a plant called og. Um, and in each seed of the tolat, there is um, there is a gnat inside them. Therefore, the Kohen has to go about notify, inform, and confirm with those who are with him that these, in fact, are the species that the Torah details in order to use for the paraduma. And the Ezov, the hyssop that the Torah mentions, is the Ezov that is eaten um, and used for spices in different food, f- different foods. Um, it's called za'atar. If anybody anybody has this at home, ha'ezov ve'ha'eres ve'atolat. The ezov, the eres, and the tolat. Shloshan me'akivin ze'etze. They are required, and you need all three. You need each. You need all three in order for the paraduma to be to be brought. And then the, the Kohen, what he does is that he wraps the, the hyssop together with the cedar branch and the crimson thread and throws them into the stomach of the parash. And as the Torah states, it must take them and cast them into the serifat para, the para that is burned. And he shouldn't throw them until the fire has caught up that, that has caught onto most of the para. But he shouldn't, the Kohen shouldn't wait until the para becomes totally burned into ashes. And if he did um, throw the Ezov, Erez, and Tolat before, uh, either before um, the fire burned most of the paraduma or after it was made into dust, he invalidated the the korban. He made it pasul. Shneimar etoch serifat para needs to be in to the burning para. Lo kodem sheisat haur beruba velo ahashet haase ever not before most of it was burned and not after it was made into dust. Ben sheishlich sheloshdan ke ahad ben sheishlichan ze aharze. Whether if he threw all three together or if he threw each one of the three, the ezov erz and tolat, one after another. Or if he if he threw the Ezov Erez and Tolat into the body of the para, or if he threw it into the fire, or if the stomach of the para was torn open on its own, and then he threw the Ezov Erez and Tolat, or if uh, if the Kohen tore open the stomach of the of the para with a keli, it is kasher. Once the para is burned, the ma'aracha is beaten along with all of the wood of the ma'aracha that was burned w- along with it. And anything and everything of the all of the everything is removed with rakes. Anything, anything that was black and could be crushed and made into ashes, whether from the from the 
body of the para or if whether from the wood of the etzim of the ma'aracha it must it should be crushed until it is made into dust fishain bo efer and anything that uh, that can't be made into ashes manihin oto Anything that can't be made into ashes is put aside. And any bone uh, that remained um, and was not burned in the ma'aracha of the para um, was crushed and made into and, and put together with the, the rest of the ashes. None of the ashes were brought inside the courtyard, the azara of the Beit HaMikdash. As the Torah states, in regards to the effort of the Parah Aduma, it should be left and placed outside of the Mahane. And the, the, the ashes were divided into three parts. One part was... One, one, portion of the ashes was placed inside the hill. The hill is the area inside the walls um, that that are around the Azara. The second portion of the Efer of the Paraduma was placed in and the, the third portion of the effort of the Paraduma was divided among the Mishmarot, the 24 Mishmarot of Kohanim that served in the Beit HaMikdash. That portion of the effort that was divided amongst all of the Mishmarot, the Kohanim would become Tahor from that portion of the effort. And the portion of the effort that was placed on Harazetim, Hayu Israel Mazin Mimenu. Am Israel as in general, aside from the Kohanim that would aside from the Kohanim, um, would we, they would use that the effort that was on Harazetim to sprinkle on the rest of Am Israel in order for them to become Tahor. Vezeshinitan Bahel in that last portion of dust of the Paraduma that is placed inside the hill, Hayamuchan Umutsna. It was placed and it was stored. Shinnaimar, as the Torah states, that the 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 portion of that it should be the the effort of the Paraduma should be um, placed amongst Am Israel as a Mishmerit, as a um, as a as a remembrance um implying that it must be placed and stored, um, that the effort of the para aduma portion of it must be placed and stored. And from every, and historically, from every single para aduma that was burned, a portion of it was stored inside the hell. And there were a total of nine parot adumot that were that were that were done um, from when this mitzvah was instructed until the destruction of the second Beit Hamikdash. Rishona asa Moshe Rabenu. The first one was done by Moshe Rabenu. Ushnia asa Ezra, and the second paraduma was done by Ezra Sofer. Vesheva me Ezra ad Horban Habayit, and there were seven. Parot Adumot that were done from the time of Ezra until the end of the destruction of the second Beit HaMikdash. And Be'ezrat Hashem, the tenth Paraduma 
will be done by Melch HaMashiach. May he speedily and swiftly be revealed. Be'ezrat Hashem in our days. Amen. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.